Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Practice of the Presence of God by Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. Eulogy continued. The first two illnesses were devastating. Brother Lawrence nonetheless endured them with admirable patience and maintained the same evenness of spirit in the midst of these sufferings that he had possessed when he was in the most vigorous health. In the first case, he gave evidence of a desire for death. For when speaking with the physician after his fever went down, he told him, ah, doctor, your remedies have worked too well for me. You only delay my happiness. In the second, he seemed to have no preference whatsoever. He remained completely indifferent regarding life and death, perfectly resigned to God's orders. Content to live as to die, he wanted only what would please his divine providence to ordain. I can testify that he gave signs of altogether extraordinary constancy, resignation, and joy during the third illness, the one that separated his soul from his body, uniting it with his beloved in heaven. He received much consolation from this blessed moment when it finally arrived, because he had longed for it for so long. The sight of death that frightens and dismays the most hardy did not intimidate him at all. He regarded it with complete confidence. And you could even say he defied it. When he saw the poor bed prepared for him, having overheard one of his friends say, It's for you, Brother Lawrence. It's time to depart. He replied, It is true. There is my deathbed. But someone who does not expect it at all will follow me immediately. This is exactly what happened, just as he had predicted. Although this friar was in perfect health, he became ill the next day and died the same day Brother Lawrence was buried. And the following Wednesday, he was buried in the same grave. It seems that love united these two fine brothers in life and did not want them separated at death. For there was no other place for burial but the common grave. Four or five months previously, Lawrence had told several persons he would die before the end of February. He wrote two letters, two weeks apart, to a blessed sacrament sister. He brought the first one to a close with these words, Goodbye, I hope to see him soon. And the second letter, dated February 6th, the day before he became ill, concluded with these words, Goodbye, I hope for the merciful grace of seeing him in a few days. The same day he took to his bed. He said to a friar in whom he confided that the illness would not last long and that he would depart from this world very soon. He was so sure of the day of his death that the next day, Friday, he spoke more precisely 
and told one of the friars he would die the following Monday. This is what happened. But let us return to the constancy he showed during his illness, before noting the circumstances of his death and his last sentiments. His only remaining desire was to suffer something for the love of God. And this made him repeat what he had said many times during his life, that his only suffering was that he had none, that he found comfort in the existence of purgatory, for there at least he would suffer something for the remission of his sins. He found a favorable opportunity for this, however, in this life, and he did not let it go by. He deliberately turned on his right side, knowing this would cause him pain, and he wanted to stay there to satisfy his ardent desire to suffer. The brother looking after him wanted to comfort him a bit, but Lawrence told him twice, Thank you, brother, but please let me suffer a little for the love of God. In this painful state, he said fervently, My God, I adore you in my sufferings. This is how I will suffer something for you. May I soon suffer and die with you. Then he would repeat these verses of Psalm 50. Cormundum crea in me Deus, ne puricias mea facia tua. Rede mici letitiam salutaris tui. Create a clean heart in me, O God, and do not turn your face away from me, but give me back the joy of your salvation. The pain he felt in this position because of a spot on his right side, the result of pleurisy, was so unusual that he undoubtedly would have died had not the infirmarian arrived just at the right moment. He recognized the problem and turned Lawrence immediately on his other side, thereby allowing him, by this change, to breathe more freely. He was so intent on suffering that it became his whole consolation. It appeared as if he had never a moment of discomfort, even in the midst of his most intense suffering. Not only did his joy show in his face, but it was even evident from his manner of speaking. Thus making the friars who visited him inquire whether he was really suffering at all. Pardon me, he said to them. I am in pain. This spot on my side hurts me but my spirit is content. But brother, they replied, if God asked you to suffer these pains for the duration of 10 years, would you still be content? I would be, he said. Not only for that number of years, but I would willingly consent to endure them until the day of judgment, if God wanted. And I would hope he would give me the grace to always remain resigned. Such was Brother Lawrence's patience at the beginning of, during, at the beginning of and during his four-day illness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide, amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, apostle of Rome, mirror of the divine life, 
vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When we read about Brother Lawrence's final illness, we have to remember that the author here, Father Joseph, is trying to present Brother Lawrence as an example of heroic virtue. In other words, he wants to convince people in a way that Brother Lawrence should be a canonized saint. That he would have gone straight to heaven when he died. And so in describing his illness and his even desire to suffer something for the love of God, he's suggesting that Brother Lawrence had not just ordinary Christian patience, but a superhuman Christian patience. A patience and a love that can only be explained by extraordinary divine graces, extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that he had lived a most Christ-like life. For what did Christ say? I have a baptism with which I am to be baptized and how I long for it to be accomplished, Jesus said. I have came, to, I came, he said, to cast fire upon the earth. With desire, Jesus said at the Last Supper, I have desire to eat this meal with you. My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me. I have food you do not know about, he told his apostles. And so what entered into Brother Lawrence's heart was this share in Christ's own thirst to do the Father's will, to give the Father glory. And many of the saints experienced this interest, this desire to suffer something for the love of God. And they had a kind of happiness in suffering. And why is this? Well, it's very hard to understand, it's true. Its foundation is in Christ. And it seems to have something to do with this. That when we choose some act of self-denial, when we choose to pray in a certain way or to give up something or to offer up some kind of alms, there's always some self-will involved. There's always something self-directed. But when there's suffering... When there's something that comes to us that we cannot ourselves control, especially when it's painful, when it's something that we would not want, suddenly there's this opportunity to say yes to God. There's this opportunity to show him our love, to act on our love with something we didn't choose ourselves. And this is what the great lovers of God want. They really want to love him. And they find in this suffering not only opportunity to love, but an opportunity to share and experience and to know what Jesus himself felt. St. Francis himself asked for the stigmata. Why? Because he thought, if I could only feel what Jesus felt, then I would know his love better. I would know how much he loved. 
and I would be able to show him my own love. So something like this is behind Brother Lawrence. But notice at the end what Brother Lawrence said. Yes, I think I would endure this for as long as God wanted, he said, till the day of judgment. But notice there's no presumption. He doesn't presume that he can do this. He says, I would hope he would give me the grace to always remain kind. For us to be resigned to God's will, to accept it humbly, especially in these painful, difficult moments, especially in death itself, what grace is needed, what divine help is needed, Brother Lawrence did not think that these interior dispositions of his soul were his own effort, that they were the fruit of his own will. Now, these were profound graces that he had cooperated with, yes. They were truly his by God's grace, yes. But they always needed God's grace to be sustained. So let us beg the Lord tonight for a heart that always depends on God. Do not say, St. Philip used to say, that I know what I will do in the future, but say I know what I should do. And even if we know what we should do, we don't know what we will do because so much depends on God's grace and our cooperation. Come, Holy Spirit, keep us humble, keep us docile, help us to make progress day by day in the love of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.